1: Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder.
0: Welcome to another episode of the Lab. I'm joined once again by Kish of, uh, well, you previously, probably still Lily White Lab on Twitter. But um, congratulations, mate! You've just secured yourself a job at Coaches Voices, haven't you?
1: Yeah, yeah. Just, um, just got that confirmed. Um, what I are you going to be doing over there? So I'm just going to be sort of running their social media channels. Um, kind of, yeah, putting out. Bits of video bits, um, tweets etc on sort of their interviews with managers in the game and their kind of articles so different stuff around their social side
0: i do like uh, um i do like coaches voices. i think they, they do a good job yeah, so uh, it's, my, it's, yes if I had, I had to offer a criticism not that, that i'm yeah. <laughs> i don't want to put you in an awkward situation but every manager seems like an absolute genius on there like everyone they talk to you like this guy really knows nice what you're talking about and you look up and it's brendan Rodgers. Um, But (laughs) um, so what we're going to talk about on this episode is what originally we agreed to talk about our front line because it's quite interesting because it's gone from um, a a system last year where we were pretty much relying on Kane, uh, well, completely relying on Kane, and before that, Son and Kane's relationship to a completely new system that you would assume that any forward in football would want to play in. But we are creating a lot of opportunities, certainly passes around the box and into the box, but without necessarily being able to get our shot off. So we're going to be talking about Spurs' attack, um, but before that, and also we're going to be talking about Timo Werner's signing as well, because that's massive. It's massively interesting, but massive for me. I want to get your take on it as well, Kish. Um, But I want to talk about Radu Dragosin, who at the time of recording looks like it's more or less done and dusted and if it, anything happens in the last the next sort of 12 hours then the first 10 minutes or so of this podcast will probably be redundant but as at, at the time of recording it seems like it's going to be uh, it's going to be done and that uh, Bayern Munich perhaps won't be putting their bid in and um what has been mooted all along by people like Fabrizio Romano is that this is he's a Tottenham player um what what do you make of the long-winded transfer
1: saga what do you make of the signing as well um, so I think I think he's a very good option um, And it will be a very good signing um, I'm a bit annoyed that it's gone on this long Just because I think we were all obviously expecting Someone to come in within the first few days of the window um, And that is pretty much down to Who's going to be available for that United game Um, and whether they'd be up to speed by that point Um, obviously we're now missing davies uh, missing romero i think van der ven's back but he's obviously not match fit so we're we're really really low on center back so that's that's sort of my i don't mind i'm sort sort of not one of these people that's panicking about how quickly it gets done normally Mm. because i don't think it normally makes that much difference but i think this is one occasion where it does um so that I, I'm I'm a bit disappointed it's gone on so long, but um I think he's a great option. And I think all the other names we've been linked to in that position of recent times have all been good options as well. So I like the kind of direction they're going in. Um and Tadebo, Dragosin, and the other one who's been linked the last couple of days is like Bade. Yeah. Who's also a good option. So it, it, it shows that we're we're in the right kind of market and they're not going for someone like Lloyd Kelly, um, who's good, but I don't think he's that level of good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they're obviously taking that position seriously, um, which, so, is, which is vital.
0: So this is this is a centre-back that's been profiled by Poster I'd imagine, and that it's a, a particular type of centre-back, right? We're not just buying him on reputation. This is a particular profile in a footballer that suits the way Tottenham play. Is that fair?
1: Yeah, one hundred percent. So he he reminds me a little bit of Romero in some aspects. Um, in terms of very aggressive um, steps up to meet attackers, um, sort of hot like as high and and as aggressively as possible. Um, he loves kind of like physical duels and contact. So he's he's kind of that kind of proactive type centre back, um, and he's blessed physically. He's very quick. He's
0: Good looking lad. Short. Good
1: looking lad. Yeah, he looks about thirty, even though he's twenty-one. <laughs> um, but also, I think one thing that he actually brings that we don't have, which is one slight criticism I have of our centre-back pairing, is is elite aerial ability. Mm. Um, so I think he's six foot three, but also just very strong in the air. Um, will meet anything with his head, and I think. With Romero, I think he's. I think he's actually better than Van der Ven in the air, despite being a little bit smaller. I think Romero is good aerially, but not not. It's not at um, the same level as other facets of his game. Um, I think that's partly because he's he's not the tallest, tallest centre back. Mm. Um, and Van der Ven, while he's got the height, I think he's a little bit passive sometimes in aerial duels, and sometimes that's because. He likes to let the ball run, so he kind of he'll he'll go to kind of pretend to meet it with his head, and then let it over his head, and then rely on his pace to kind of catch up with it, which which works often, but sometimes you can be caught there. Um, and he's not like he's not one of those defenders you see who loves to head the ball. So I he'll, guess he'll the kind of... the, def-
0: the the opportunity there then that if if Van de Ven is playing that way is that the ball will eventually land at his feet, and we can play out, which is exactly. Goes back into what Postacovly wants us to do. A header is often defensive. Header is often speculative. So while it's really,
1: 100%. yeah, one hundred. So I think I think um, that's where the, the the pros come from. That um, for sure. And I think if you remember, Vertonghen was very good at that. I remember yeah. he'd he'd often actually win free kicks and he'd sort of buy free kicks where he'd kind of jump early, but. Get a slight bit of a touch from from the opponent and then go down and he'd always win free kicks then and, and that was i thought like i was very experienced and like smart player and i think van de could take a leaf out of that a little bit so winning those kind of smart free kicks from those aerial jewels and, and stuff like that um but yeah 100 I, I would always urge him to well i'm sure Ange always urges them to to play with their feet where they can but obviously you get different kind of profiles of strikers who are going to you know, if you're playing as calvert lewin you're going to be up for aerial scrap pretty yeah, much yeah. all game um and you want someone like dragerson ideally who's gonna meet that every single time and and, and compete um so yeah it's, it's a different kind of profile um and i think that's that's where he, what he has over the current options not that he's above them elsewhere but that that's one thing i think he's got over them
0: indeed um you mentioned Vertonghen there. Um, if you, I don't know if you'll remember this. You might do. When Vertonghen was signed, there was a, a similarly long-winded transfer saga uh, that was comparable to Dragason's, um arrival. And um, it does. I know people are getting frustrated. I know you mentioned about the, getting the job done earlier, but we've got it on. And I'm not one for kind of banging on about ITK, but I did receive some interesting information this morning from. Some lawyers in uh, in Italy through a, sec- a third person, right? So this could be nonsense, but what I was I was told indirectly was uh, was that there were some concerns about previous injuries that Dragerson's had, and in, before signing him or committing twenty five million euros to the transfer, they wanted to make sure that all of those issues were done and that the um, The process of checking was as far as possible and Spurs went to great lengths ensuring that there was no issue, which enabled essentially a a window of opportunity for other football clubs to come in, i.e. Bayern Munich potentially and hijack the deal. So it wasn't that Spurs were dragging their feet, they were just doing their due diligence in making sure that we were buying a player that was fit and proper and so um, that was what it is. And then, I mean, you, you might, the narrative, if you believe some people on Twitter or you listen to some people on Twitter, is it, it was um, that, that Tottenham were haggling over a price or we weren't being proactive in this deal. Actually, what it appears to be is that we actually were doing our job to ensure that we were buying a player that was fit and proper for the football club. And it's interesting that when you, if that is true, that when you get the truth, that that's, that that, element of um, thoroughness is what's required when you operate at the level that we're operating at right you can't buy a player imagine if we'd bought a player and he was injured or he gets injured in the first week because we didn't do our the proper checks then the criticism yeah. wouldn't wouldn't would, would shift from spurs being not being proactive to spurs being careless and you can't be careless
1: you yeah, can I, never be careless i agree i don't, I don't buy that we've been haggling over the price because i think we've actually moved pretty quickly in identifying our main target um i think we are willing to pay more for tadibo anyway so i don't think it's it's like oh he's going for the cheap option i think i think we are willing to put down a certain amount of money probably up to 40 50 million um and i think you're right i think they the club are aware of how important that center back signing is i think we've sort of heard that through the the reports over the leave in the last couple of months so I think um, yeah I wasn't I wasn't sort of thinking that they were haggling over a price I think there's there's obviously I don't know if they were looking at other options or, or as you said they were looking into his sort of medical um, history etc um, so I think yeah I think I think the club know how how important this is and hopefully it'll be done within the next 24 hours he can play on both sides and centre back can he yeah he can he's played he's actually played across a back three so he's played centre-centre-back, right-centre-back, and left-centre-back, which is obviously, I was one of my main um, attributes I wanted from this centre-back signing, Um, because I I know a lot of people have also been calling for us to sign two, and I'm actually against signing two. I think we're not in Europe yet. Um, I don't, I think if we're in European competition, then you probably need four, but I think we can get away with three, Um, especially with Davies covering at left-centre-back as well. So... Um, yeah, I think I think he him being able to play both sides means also that come the summer um, we see how Ashley Phillips, Alfie Dorrington, even the Croatian guy we signed Viskovic, um, we see who who of those three kind of takes the opportunity in pre season or or develops over the next six months, um, and then they can hopefully grow into that fourth choice centre back once we have kind of a a more. Hectic schedule, um, hopefully, if we're in Europe next season.
0: You mentioned um, that that perhaps we don't need that fourth centre-back and I agree with you because it's... I I agree with you because Davies and Royale as fourth-choice centre-backs isn't catastrophic in any way. The signing would probably would see that we'd see in the end of the centre-back period of... Of Ben Davies and, and Emerson Royale for good reason, but they've coped really well. I thought, like especially you know, Royale against uh, Burnley in um, the FA Cup recently was was excellent. But Ben Davies has been quietly excellent, especially because of what's been asked of him and, and how difficult it is to play as a centre back in Postecoglou's system. I've seen enough uh, in that to, to to say that they that these two could easily cover a br you know four or five four or fifth choice centre back.
1: Parent. yeah i think definitely for now i think it's a yeah, for, the, in, in, for the for this season yeah 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 100 um i think davies i think especially has been has been very good um and i think he doesn't possess the physical qualities that either van der ven or romero does so he's coped really well because i think sometimes he can't he in the past has been bullied at times um, physically, but I think he's 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 been smart. Um, he's used the ball well in terms of those kind of important facets of of Postacoglu's system of like playing out under all circumstances, um, being quick on the ball and 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 um, punching it into the midfield, nice and nice and like quickly. Um, Emerson, on the other hand, I thought Emerson was probably our best player against Burnley, or one of. Mm. Um, previously to that I've been a little bit frustrated with him um not defensively really uh, more on the ball which I think he he dwells on the ball quite a lot um and it's not in a way where Romero dwells on the ball and then suddenly switches the tempo and plays it into midfield once he gets pressed, which is more about you know attracting opponents and then you can free up midfielders I think I think Emerson just has it in his nature to sort of dwell on the ball and be quite slow on it, and then that kind of invites a press which doesn't suit us, doesn't let us play out of, of that and, 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 and create that sort of micro-transition. Um, so I think that's where I've been frustrated, but I think defensively they've both been pretty solid without obviously the, the perfect attributes to, to play in the system.
0: Yeah. Do you have more confidence in our current squad, given how well they have coped with Premier League football during this two-month-long injury crisis?
1: I have more I think it's made me more convinced about Ange than sort of I ever imagined to be so I think it's the system that's really allowed us to get through this period um and kind of the belief given to that squad to continue to play the same way um and we have through the injury crisis had quality all over like in different parts of the pitch at different times and I think we've utilized those players and those players have stepped up the likes of Kulisevsky, um Lo Celso at times, um, especially the fullbacks have been excellent throughout the season. Um, so I think there's, there's always been key figures missing since that Chelsea game, but I think the system has allowed for our kind of top players to step up and for our sort of backup players to play at enough of a level to cope with games and get us over the line without kind of all performances being spectacular. I,
0: yeah, I agree. I agree that I was genuinely worried. I was worried that when, when when Van der Ven pulled up against Chelsea, like forget all the other injuries. And you remember that Madison got injured in that game as well. And we wasn't even concerned about him. It was kind of come as a shock a few days later that Madison was, was going to be out for a couple of months. Um, but it was Van de Ven's injury, that single injury I thought, that's a massive problem. And it was only the other injuries that were compounding that issue. That it meant that we've got problems all over the place, but I just thought that one injury in Van der Ven would, would would unsettle us, and it did. It took a while for us to adapt, but what was you're right. What what Postacoglu got from players that we thought shouldn't be anywhere near our first team, but had to be because needs must, was a, a performance level that I wasn't expecting, and um, yeah, and that that more so than the the more so than the, the the first ten games of the season where we won eight, which was impressive. But we realised what a good first eleven we had very quickly. But that to renegotiate a difficult period and navigate a uh, to, to a, a winning formula again without all those excellent players that we, we were lose, losing showed or we lost rather showed an an incredible ability in in Postacoglu to manage a storm, ride the storm. If
1: Uh, and it was yeah really- what I was gonna say as well is to me that shows that with with more because poster has been big in every press conference he's never sort of showed any signs that he's sort of happy with the current squad he's always saying this is just the first we've only had point one transfer window we have to com- continue building the squad and that sort of shows to me that imagine kind of the squad at the point he wants it to be and with kind of you know two wow. two more windows three more windows and imagine the level we can continue to show throughout a season with a kind of higher level of backup player and higher level of, of first team players that that's sort of a scary thought i think uh, if we think about where we're at with a kind of un unimaginable injury crisis that yeah. sort of well hopefully wouldn't wouldn't really happen again to that level title challenge I'm. I'm <laughs> the thing is, like, I don't. I'm not convinced by, and I'm. Re- it's really frustrating because I think those first ten games, if, if if we'd had our first team fit, I'd completely think we were we were well in it. But obviously, everyone's had injuries. But I'm not convinced by any team this season. And it's one of those seasons where no one looks like they're amazing, and that's kind of yeah. typical that like, that happens when we kind of have this a lot of games to play
0: kish lots of games to play many points to be had you never know
1: yeah never yeah we're point. only one point behind Arsenal now so well, there you go. apparently we're in it I indeed think. indeed um
0: but moving on to you, you mentioned transfer windows then um the signing hasn't been announced as it stands but it's a formality apparently so timo verner is going to be a Tottenham player for the rest of the season with an option to buy for around 15 million euros in the summer this was a surprising one, wasn't it? Because it came out the blue, but made to me made complete sense as soon as it was mooted that we were looking at him. It was like it kind of was steeped in his time at Chelsea, and you kind of it's it's hindered your you, your your expectation of what potentially could happen um, with this was hampered by his misses at Chelsea, uh, his second spell at Werner, I'm um, sorry, at Werner, Sorry, at Leipzig didn't go as well as the first spell but they, they they invested heavily on their front line in the summer so there might be excuses for that but I'm quite excited by it are you what, what was your feeling of the team of transfer
1: um so when it first came out I was I was actually pretty frustrated with it um because I was looking at it in a way where I was kind of seeing okay what what do we what are we missing in our front line um and for me that's a player that first of all is highly technical. Um so can retain the ball in the because um throughout the last month through few months or so I've seen us play a lot of games where we we get into the final third so often, but the ball also gets turned over in the final third so often, which mm. which leads to games becoming so end to end like sort of basketball matches where We have an attack and then suddenly you're on the back foot and they're running into space. And those games are so relentless, first of all, physically. Um, Secondly, it obviously leaves us vulnerable in transitions. Um, And I don't think any of our front three, barring Kulisevsky, who's obviously played in midfield a lot, um, any of our front three are that good at kind of slowing it down in that final third, picking the right pass, kind of... you know, sustaining attacks in that final third and kind of having a bit more control about it mm. um, than what we are seeing, which is more gung-ho, but, but so what, also... what
0: would be aiming for in that instance? Would it be to get a shot off or create a, a goal-scoring opportunity as opposed to just... Oh, yeah,
1: just having a little bit more control composure um, in the final third. Someone who can kind of wait for runs a bit more, so control the ball, wait for that underlap from Udogi Porro, or... Poro or or kind of just have that uh, that little bit more composure in the, in the well, final Madison third, along with, um, along with having that 1v1 ability, which we also have spoken about so often, a lot of people have spoken about that, um, which we've missing. We've been missing in the squad. And prior to Poscagui coming in was kind of a requirement for any of his wingers that they had that 1v1 ability. So that's why I think it's interesting um, and why I was a bit frustrated with the deal at first. Uh, because I thought that's an obvious gap in our squad, and we haven't. We've looked to bring something in more of what we have rather than an alternative.
0: So that was at first. What do you think now?
1: Yeah. So then, then I started kind of thinking. Um, right. So it looks like to me currently, and isn't super hung up on having a one v one winger, which we've all kind of expected to get done at some point, and a player that that can. You know, beat his fullback consistently, get to the byline, go on the outside and cut it back, or, or yeah, basically consistently take on his fullback, um, you know, like a, like a proper old school winger, kind yeah. of a, a Doku or a, a Matoma, someone like that. Um, so, so I was thinking, okay, well, he, he clearly doesn't think that's that important currently. So, so how are we looking to create chances then? Um, and I'm starting to think that he's more interested in sort of intensity and one on both on two on two sides so first of all intensity in the press i think we've we've had a lot of opportunities come um throughout the season from our from our brilliant pressing game and at celtic his press wasn't he was he was a high pressing side but it wasn't like a a brilliant press it was quite um messy at times and, and it wasn't it wasn't really what he was known for um, when it's, Whereas I think he's come in and he's really like honed that down. And apparently that's a lot down to Ryan Mason, actually. Really? Um, who's been co- coaching a lot of the out-of-possession stuff. Um, has been Ryan Mason, apparently. Um, Interesting. So that's that's one side of it. The other side is obviously that, that speed in behind. And stretching teams, causing problems, asking questions in the back four constantly by making those runs in behind. Um, and we've seen a lot of goals come from that recently with there's been a couple of Brendan Johnson going in behind and, and, and um, flashing it across to Richarlison um, so so those are the kind of two ways I think he's looking to create chances mainly because none of the front three of Johnson Richarlison Verna, um, even Son has that ability to kind of retain the ball in the final third and, and, and could more create chances out of a bit of intricacy or, or anything like that um and then that asks another question of, OK, surely if we've just got a front three of pure speed and, and an intensity, surely teams just sit back and then there's no, there's no space in behind, which, is, which will certainly be an issue with this, with this front three, where if there's no space for them to run into, how do we then create?
0: A lot of teams, though, I, I, I agree with you. And, and, and it does feel like Werner would have been an excellent sign-in for someone like Conte or Mourinho. And understand that, and uh, so, so there are benefits to his counter-attacking uh, football. And I thought that, that I, I think that would have been more of an issue with Postacoglu's football. But if, if things had gone to type, but almost all teams want to play football at the moment. There isn't a there isn't a terrible football team in in the league. Maybe Sheffield United, you would you you could argue that that were a little bit more. You know they, they're pragmatic given the challenges they have with their, their football club and and their playing stuff. but most teams are trying to play to some
1: degree. Um Look what Bournemouth did. Yeah, come and, uh, come I, and completely, did. yeah I completely agree, yeah. and I think that's that's more about. I think that's a this it's a kind of gift and a curse of the Premier League now, which is every manager at the in the Premier League now is is top top level. So every top manager wants to work in the Premier League and. That means that the, a lot of the modern top managers are proactive rather than reactive. Yeah, yeah. So they want to put their style on games rather than okay, we're looking at them. How are we going to react to how they play? And at times, that's that's amazing. Like Zerbi's come in and sort of changed the Premier League and in, in, in the way he's set up. Um, and at times, it can look vulnerable and, and, and naive at times. Um, and I think that's that's a, that's a great point and and one that. That kind of is proved by the amount of those sort of goals we scored against, maybe less opposition, so mm. less opposition. So some so that, that Richardson goal I was talking about with when Johnson flashed it across against Bournemouth. Um that kind of goal, you wouldn't Historically, see that against a, a side like Bournemouth because they wouldn't. They're yeah, not leave away that from game.
0: home. Yeah, they were. They they um, definitely wanted to have a to 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 have a go, didn't they? And 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 more than have a go, they actually controlled parts of that game as well, which is yeah. fascinating to see. Like it's beautiful to see. To be honest, like it makes the Foot Premier League the most exciting league in the world, hands down. It always was, but this is there's something going on at the moment where every team looks like they can play and want to play. And like you said, it's probably down to the standard of coaching. The fact that Iriola is 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 managing a club the size of Bournemouth. I know they've been in the Premier League for for um, a good while now, a few maybe five or six seasons, whatever it is. But the fact that player of he's a manager of his standing, or, or, I know he's an, an infant compared to people like Pastakoglu, but he's already done good stuff in Spain, which I think it was Valencano or Sociedad. I can't remember. Exactly. Yeah, and uh, did amazing stuff. Could have got the Leeds job. Went to Bournemouth, which is tiny in comparison, and has gotten playing that group of players playing the way, the way he has. Just just shows you what what an incredible bunch of managers we have in the Premier League. But it also helps someone like Poster Coglu because no matter how good you are and you're right, you'd need a te- more technical front line if you're going to break down, um, uh, you know, dogged defenses. But maybe he's looked at it and gone. Well, given the situation we're in, having the the fact that Son isn't there, um, that, that he's he's away, that we've got injuries, that Richarlison is now our number nine, that having an option in Werner, which we're not paying for, we don't have to pay for if it doesn't work, just makes complete sense. There's no downside to it, other than the only downside is that if we could have potentially signed someone else instead of him that was better. But in yeah. January, that's difficult, right? It just makes well, it just, 100%, just makes sense.
1: And I've- and I think what I've sort of compared this Postacoglu team to recently is Klopp's early seasons at Liverpool, where actually probably Bournemouth, when they go to Man City, probably are more likely to sit back a bit because they you can't leave that space against the likes of some of Man City's players. Um, and that's not the point we're at right now. And I think teams are still willing and will still be willing for for a while to have a go at us. And Klopp's early teams at Liverpool were very aggressive. He was he was wanting transitions all the time. He was creating his own transitions through kind of high pressing. And and that that was amazing to watch. And I don't think we're too dissimilar from that early Klopp team where they were sort of going head to head with Man City um in terms of the Champions League and then sort of pushing them a bit in the in the in the league. Um and then teams kind of became aware of that and started sitting off them a little bit more and that's when Klopp had to kind of adapt and brought in likes of Thiago and um, yeah. you know, Trent playing inside a bit more and, and stuff like that so I think I I I see a lot of similarities in terms of the styles to those early Liverpool teams Do
0: you know what's going to be really interesting um, about Werner when when he comes in um, it's, it's his speed the speed at which he plays is, is is not common. Um, his pressing ability is incredible, which is going to suit Postecoglou's system. But his ability to to, um, to to pull defenders out of shape by his movement is going to be really interesting. When you've got a Dogie running into space, Poro running into space, you've got Richarlison trying to find space and gaps, and it's it be his work rate off the ball. I think will really benefit other players. I think other players can really enjoy having him in the squad. I mean, it might i know there was like this obsession with his his ability to miss an easy chance um but if you look at his goal contribution for chelsea i e through or, or through through assist or goal he contributed to a goal where one in every two one in every two games it was more or less just yeah. under that so he assisted or or scored a goal in one in every two games so forward that's not that's nothing to be sniffed at. And I think a lot of what his benefit to, to possibly system will be what he does off the ball rather than on it. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumba It's
1: my little escape.
0: Now Judy's the life of the party.
1: Oh baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon.
0: Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs>
1: One hundred percent, and I think I think those sort of numbers just show how sort of impactful he can be, despite his his deficiencies through finishing and stuff. So he creates so much from his his intensity, his his pressing, his runs in behind. He's he's a very relentless player. Um, and imagine he turned some of those kind of mischances into goals. His numbers would be outrageous, and they were outrageous before he joined. And I think that was probably. You know he's a he's a confidence player, so he'll I'm um, uh, if he gets going, I'm sure he'd 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 score a lot. He'll be desperate,
0: um, won't he? He'll be desperate yeah. to do well, and that's what you were motivated player of his quality is is a dangerous thing. We've got something here that we could really utilize. Like he wants to prove that he can do it in the Premier League. He probably looks at that Chelsea and the reputation he had at that at Chelsea, and looks at that time and thinking, I'm I feel a little bit hard done by by that. Um, and so, the, what we have here is a Champions League winner who is motivated, who is desperate p- to play for t- Tottenham and Basto Koglu, because by all accounts, it took two minutes to for him to be convinced to sign for Spurs. That's exactly what you want to hear.
1: Yeah, and there's no there's no better environment for him right now. I don't think that he could sort of enter into. So, <coughs> got a manager who's a great motivator um, and sort of when speaking to players he has an exact idea of what he wants from them and why he's bringing someone in it's not just sort of to fill a rough gap it's a it's like okay i know what i want to do with you kind of thing and that that itself puts a lot of confidence into players because they feel like their their strengths are getting kind of looked at and and listened to and they and they're they're being used for what they're good at um and and the 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 Pressure on the deal is 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 nowhere near what it was at Chelsea. At Chelsea was a, a huge money signing, and this is a loan with an option to buy. I don't think there could be like less pressure for for a top six kind of transfer. Um, and so I just think, yeah, I think I think he he could def- definitely explode. I think you're going to see a lot of chaotic matches in terms of our front three is looking very chaotic right now, which which will bleed to fun games hmm. and at times devastating games um but then also probably some some frustration i think one thing i am i'm, I'm going to be looking for is for the midfield to bring that sense of composure and not always forcing that forward ball mm. and i know that's kind of big of what what we're going to be built on but there needs to be times we can't go for 90 minutes of relentless end-to-end football and then my heart they can't, can't. Um, yeah exactly <laughs> but also them physically we will we'll tire so I think players like, players like Benton Core Madison uh, they need to learn kind of to slow the game down at times Hoy, I think Hojbjerg has done it at times very well this season um, other times not so much but I think there's times where he's come on and, and, and took the sting out of the game even like gone down injured for, for a couple of minutes, just slowing the game down and, and, and bringing that composure, especially when we're one or two goals game up. Game management, isn't it? <laughs> and I think Benton Cor, sometimes, I love this about him, but he loves to play forward. He's so vertical with his passing. Um, and at times, I think with all that chaos going up ahead of them, I think I'm going to be looking for the midfielders to take Responsibility and to to bring more balance, I guess, to to that to that team.
0: As much as I'm absolutely loving the way Postecoglou plays football, and I wouldn't change anything, I really wouldn't, because the alternative, if the alternative is anything like what we had under Conte, but there were there have been moments who go, and you know what, I'd quite like a low block right now. Just like just, I'd happily for the next ten minutes just sit and defend, just because it can be so stressful to watch. But um, you've got this. You, you you've got to develop a thick skin to this and I haven't yet, don't get me wrong like I'm sometimes watching football and my heart is literally in, coming out of my mouth <clears throat> but um, the the more we do it, the the more we increase the quality of our squad that we will do in the next uh, two or three windows the better at this we'll, we'll become and more comfortable we'll become and um, it shouldn't be any other way because this is how Manchester City want to play football, This is they play with a high line they invert their fullbacks, not into to you know to Pep Guardiola's word, not in the same way that Pastorekoglu does. But you know it's it's important that if we want to be successful, that we do it in the right way, and then not abandon what Tottenham Hotspur is as a
1: football club. And that's why Cogli is so important. And uh, yeah, I think if you look at that Newcastle game um, where we went four up, I think the better the squad gets, the more players we kind of bring in for the right positions and also with all the players coming back from injury um when we've got our first team out and they're they're perfectly used to this system i think we'll see more games where we actually blow teams away in terms of because i think we've blown teams away this season but we just haven't capitalized from it i think if we if we play more games where we're you know two three even four up at half time then that's when the calm comes in the second half and and the game's sort of done at that point whereas i think there's been games this season where we've created so much but we've gone into 75th minute, 80th minute, only one goal up. And that's when it becomes horrible horrible to watch. Um,
0: I just want to get a quick answer on this because we are nearly finished. Um, of our current bunch of attacking players, including Werner, who will be here at the end of next season? So you've got Kulisevsky, Brennan Johnson, Werner, Son, Richarlison. At
1: the end of this season, or end of next
0: season yeah the end of next season so what possibly yeah. second because uh, um, and I just I don't want you to go into it I just want to I just want to no. just a quick answer because we could do this okay. again on another episode
1: I think the only so no Richarlison will be gone Vernon will be gone I think Hill and Solomon will also be gone
0: so Kulisevsky Brian Johnson and Son will be will remain Right, we'll dig into why that might be the case on a future episode of The Lab. If you're still listening, which I hope you are, then you can leave a rating for us on Spotify. You need to listen to a certain amount of the episode in order to do that. So if you're still listening, you've definitely done that. Give us a review as well. It'll help the podcast grow. Um, And um, follow Kish at at Lab on Twitter. And you also got Rondo Reports as well, right?
1: Yeah, that's at Rondo underscore reports. What might Uh, they find at Lab? So Lily White Lab is a sort of, more of kind of what I've been talking about today. So looking at Spurs more um, analytically and uh, objectively um, with with kind of a view of tactics and player analysis. Um, and then on Rondo reports, it's more a global look at football. So looking at young players across the globe, kind of up and coming young players. Um, so yeah, that's, that's where you find me. Lovely work. Cheers Kish and uh, we'll speak soon.